up your head, beat up your body. Get on the bus, it's time to party. It's Gregory. It is a Saturday night, Gregory. Take your socks off and take your pants on. Get in the car and drive. I've had fear, but it was always bullshit fear. Now I have real fear. This what, what kind of fears did you have before? Like... I don't want to be a good comedian. I want people to remember me. I don't want to be funny. I don't want to be poor. Right. Or like I didn't want to. I don't make it. Right. Like I had fears of planes, but I never had fear of dying. Yeah. Right. I can't say like planes just made me anxious. Right. Now I have fear that my kid will grow up without a dad. Like you said before, man. The city. If the city kills, if I got on a train and I get stabbed, my kid becomes Batman. I don't want that for my kid. Pretty much. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, mine has the billion dollars. But you know what? Who knows? It could, he could find a billion dollars and become a, <laughs> right. a poor Batman. That's fine. I hate to be a nerd here, <laughs> but Batman. the money isn't what made Batman. It was the murder. You get Batman. But the money is there. It's part of the story. The many helped. <laughs> The money helped right. with the bat Come wings. On. Where can you find those gadgets? If you were left 50K, <laughs> yeah. how are you going to have the Batmobile, have a fucking butler and that fancy house, the right. manor? That's all fun stuff of Batman, mm -hmm. but Batman still is a psycho who would have done it cheap. It right. would have been a di it, the aesthetics, mm. it wouldn't have been as good of a comic book because we like the cool, sexy cars. Yeah, yeah. But you get a, a homeless Batman. That guy's he's, he's a different guy, but he's a guy. He's happening. Break it to you, homeless Batman. That's Rorschach, baby. It's already existed. Whoa! <laughs> Who told you about that? Who told you about Rorschach? <laughs> I'm a fan of Watchmen. I love Watchmen. I love when I find out people are secretly comic book fans that I didn't see it coming. But you, you like, you like the yeah. movie, or you read? Did you ever read the book? I haven't. I haven't read it. But everybody's told me you got to read it because it's some people regard it as the greatest graphic novel ever written. It's hard to I, say. I don't know if that's. A valid statement. You know, people like to mm -hmm. put things on a pedestal, but I've heard that. So I can tell you, I read it too early. Mm -hmm. I was too young, and it was a little too dark for me at right. the time. You couldn't grasp the themes right. and all the social commentary. But I also, it's just like you watch a movie. Like it was just like I want happier things. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like when yeah. I was young. But I, I read it. I mean, I read it again. I, I, I mean, I love it. It's great, but. Uh, you can watch the movie. It's almost the exact same thing as the book, except they change the ending. And the mm -hmm. ending makes a little more sense in the movie. Yeah. But then the book also, did you watch the show? I, the one made by Damon Lindelof on HBO? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was like a, if if I was to tell somebody, go watch a show just to learn how to write a great TV show, I would yeah. tell them, watch Watchmen, because it's pretty unbelievable from beginning to end. I didn't finish it. Oh shit! Yeah. Why? I'm here fucking <laughs> bragging about this one. You're like, yeah, I got bored halfway through. <laughs> no, pure laziness. Oh, I, I watched the first three, loved it. I was like, oh, this is really good, okay. Mm -hmm. And then got distracted, and then I was like, oh, I have to rewatch them. And then you know, I was like, oh, I don't want to rewatch. I was like, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna wait till I forgot completely what has happened, uh -huh. and then rewatch it all the way through so that I don't have to have that like, um, you know that break you know yeah, what i mean yeah. so i was like and i like to binge more than i like to wait by week to week well, so i'll I got, probably I got watch this for week. you go back and watch it yeah it's no i'm ready there. it's only nine episodes that's what nine hours you can knock that out in two days if you two want. days i'll do it tonight bro <laughs> i'll do it fucking you're tonight. a father you can't you can't be doing shit like that anymore no but that's what i do the kid is uh the kid hang on a second it's welcome to be up anyway no he when he's what i do is when my wife goes to sleep i take the night shift so uh, then i'm just uh, alone waiting for him to wake up or to feed him because if i go to sleep Waking up is harder. 
got to it, get got this it. kid. So I just like, I'll just stay up till five. So binging was made for people like you. Yeah. This is perfect. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. And in the beginning of the relation, in the beginning of the kid, I couldn't deal with heavy shit because I was just too emotional. So I had to watch stuff like Friends. Like, I figured out what Friends is for. Friends is people who just are dealing with too much emotionally that they just like, I can't watch, yeah. you know, whatever. Like it, background TV. You need ba- that I could just check in, get a little bit of a laugh. I like these people. They seem nice. Perfect. I'm out. Yeah, anything with a low emotional depth would just make you cry. You just make me cry. Ball I, out. I cried during the Friends episode where they got rid of the monkey. Or not even get rid of the monkey. They just had the monkey. I saw a monkey and I started crying. I was like, I love monkeys. No, but I'm gonna rewatch it. Actually, I was gonna wait till after Peacemaker's done, and Peacemaker's done, so I'm gonna watch. That. Oh, I heard that's good too. I'll, I'll give it a check. Oh, you love it. Yeah. It's okay. yeah. Peacemaker's one of the. First of all, let me just say, welcome to Friday Night, Greg. Friday Night Energy, Wednesday morning. Uh, I'm here with. First of all, they have so many questions because we've we're friends, but we've I've come in too late. See, was the way. Let me just explain how we became friends. Mm-hmm. I met you. At Eastville, I remember that's where I was kind of meeting you. That's where I kind of saw you around. Yeah, and then it was like one of these things where we were like already knew each other, but I never got to ask the real questions. Mm-hmm. So you just like I'm afraid to even say your name because <laughs> it changed, and I'm like ah, because Tamil, yeah. you were Tanil. Yes, but now you go by TJ. Yes, only TJ. Yeah, just TJ. Just because. See, yeah, the reason is because you called me Tanil, which is why I go by TJ because my name is actually Tanael. Oh, Tanael. Yes, people couldn't say it. Right. And it became too much of a nightmare to deal with. Every time a host had to bring me up, I would be like, all right, here's the tutorial. Yeah. You spent five minutes trying to learn this first and last. Yeah, thing. yeah. Here's how you say it. And then they would go on stage and fuck it up anyway. And Tanayel is an amazing name. Yes. Tanayel? Tanayel Joachim. Tanayel? How do you say the last one? Tanayel Joachim. Joachim? Yeah, it's a French name. Tanayel Joachim. The dude, that's a that's yeah. a beautiful name. It is. I'm it is yell when, you. when people can say it. I'm going to cut you down right now. I'm going to cut you down, right? You need to be cut down. I got to cut you down right now. <laughs> TJ is too hard to Google. You need a last name. You need something. Call yourself TJ Nightmare. I'll, listen, I'll tell you what. I'm trying to figure this thing out because the way it started was I, I'm i like, I got to make people say my name. Right. And I tried for like two years and it became a nightmare. People would find me after. She was like, you were very funny. Can you tell me what your name was again? Mm-hmm. And then I have to go through the whole thing I just went through with the host. And mm-hmm. it was just fuck. Show business is about ease and accessibility. Right. So One I got to find something to give people. And I was like, all right, TJ, it's simple, easy. Right. And then I started doing that, and then it worked. And I was like, you know what? I don't like it because it just sounds like a white frat boy. I'm like, sure. fine, but I'll, who cares? If you type in TJ Comedian, name. TJ Miller comes up. I know. I just got to become more famous than TJ Miller. No, no, no. You are in one of the greatest positions I've ever seen a person in. Okay? <laughs> I also changed my name. My last name was Greg Coraluzo. I kept being That's called right. Coraluzer, Kazazuli, Constant. I was like, I was like, fuck it. My mom's name is Stone. So I just took that. And there's other reasons, other stories, whatever. Right. You I don't hate your dad. I'm not going to do all the bits uh, <laughs> that go along with the name change. But you're in a great position because TJ is your first and last name. Yes. So because you're going by TJ, that means you get to make up a last name. Mm. TJ Thunderbolt. <laughs> Why don't you go by TJ Thunderbolt? There's no TJ Thunderbolts. We'll call you Thunderbird. That's my nickname. I try to get it. No one ever took to it. We call you the Thunderbird. The Thunderbolt, man, that's hot. So I could make up a last name. Absolutely. I could, actually, yeah. Tanayel. Wait, say it again. Tanayel. Tanayel. I love that name. Yeah. But I get it. It's really hard. Yes. I've been, and your last name is so French. Humans don't know how to do French if you're not no, French. No, French is... I don't even know if it's human's fault. I think it's French's fault because it's too wasteful of a language. It's, it's too ridiculous. sweet. It's so, yeah. it's so, like, smooth. Yeah, you'll see 17 letters and you're like... Phew. 
That's the sound. It's like, why are there sevens and letters for what's going on here? Let me say this. We're three minutes in. You're a great podcast guest. Oh, thank you. We got started before the thing even started. I know. Because we we just talk all the time. Okay, by the way, since we were talking about knowing each other, Mm -hmm. I I knew you before I knew you because, you know, comedy. I would see you around. And I remember seeing you. And I, I don't mean to bring this up. I don't know if it's a sports. I don't care. Go right ahead. But I remember seeing you do a... Meltdown? Did I meltdown? No, a JFL audition at the Creek and the Cave uh-huh. where you absolutely murdered. And I was like, well, all right, this is what you got to do to get JFL. Right. Exactly. And then you did not get it. I was like, well, this business fucking sucks. Yeah. Or it just sucks for me. <laughs> but, but then the year after, I had my first JFL audition, and I... Crushed, mm-hmm. didn't get JFL. So you didn't like, get it? It just sucks for all of us. I thought yeah. you got it. No, I haven't done JFL yet. Ah, who cares? It doesn't do anything <laughs> for you. No, but like, so in the beginning of my comedy career, it used to be, it felt this way at least, that they were like, if you're funny. But then it switched. Yeah. 2010-ish, yeah. it became, they started casting. Yes. And it wasn't even like, mm-hmm. look, diversity's fine. It's like, hey, we want to have black people? Great. Yeah. But when you're going, we need... When they look at you and go, we need that. We don't right. care what it says. Right. That kind of happened. sellable. Right. There's marketing there. And it wasn't even diversity. It was like, this is sellable, mm-hmm. which was like, oh, I get it. it. And the comedy just was like, it no longer matters about how funny you are. Right. And you can see where the shift happens because when I was doing it, like I, I would look at the, the years and the names. And then the first, I would say 2008, 9, 10, 11 you would see those are funny people right. who are doing Like really funny. Yes. Yeah. I'm just the saying cl- the time. That was sorry. good classes of people. And then you go from 2013 on, you're like, oh, there's a shift where it became more, oh, that person is marketable. That but funny is- doesn't matter in this business, which is crazy. Yeah, because that's what the business is. It's a funny business. It's a business of funny. Grant Gordon said, <laughs> this business has no right calling itself a business. You remember Grant? Yeah. Eastville. He's the king of commercials now. The king of goddamn commercials. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, I, Montreal, I had like eight auditions. I think eight or nine years in a row. Every year got a call back. Damn. Every year they said no. One year, I don't even give a fuck. One of the people who's working it pulls me aside and she goes, I think it was the year you're talking about. Mm-hmm. She goes, you got it. Oh, okay. She tells you, she goes, you're going. I'm not supposed to tell you yet, but you're going to get the phone call. No phone call. Huh. Dave Stone went. She fucked up the name. I was this close to blind. I like didn't take work that week. Huh? It wasn't Rebecca. No, it wasn't. It was someone else. I'll tell you later who I'm still like kind of furious about. Fuck. But uh, and I was like, you can't do that to someone. She never apologized. I was like, oh, I'm going to Montreal. This also, is it. Who is Dave Stone? He's comedian. He's actually very funny. Okay. Yeah. So he wasn't like given to the a random. No, no. He was like a really. He's like a funny guy. But okay. I think she either saw the name, but like I had like a ridiculous set, and I walked off like the boy is back, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they were and and then nothing, and then. And I remember that set so well because the joke the joke that I remembered was about uh, God not hating gay people because there would be gay museums. Right. Yeah. Because that that murdered so hard. Yeah. Time. Yeah. If God hates you, he ends you. It was yeah. about how there's no gay dinosaur. It's like right. there's no dinosaurs. Right. How come right. we don't say God hated the dinosaurs? He killed mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. That's still one of my favorite jokes. Yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah. Um, not that. Sorry. Why am I talking about the jokes yeah. I love? Uh, but you, I, what I like you, and you know, like if we're doing one for one, 
you're one of my guys. You're one of my, <laughs> this guy hates God. And I'm like, yeah, I love religion bits. And I saw yeah. one of my favorite, um, I'm too scared. To, I'm not even going to attempt to do your do any of your That's okay. Things. We can talk about it. That's fine. Yeah, we're right, not right. do the joke. We can talk about the, the right. premise. Yeah. I also wrote down all these things. It's so funny because I wanted to have you on the podcast because I'm like, well, I know it's not going to be funny because all the things I want to talk to you about <laughs> are just very... Deep scientific philosophical. Well, yeah, you're one yeah. of my. You're one of the guys who I see you. 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 Um, I don't know which way you'll go on things. Yeah. You know, and yeah. every so many comedians, you watch them and you know what way they'll go. Yeah. You know, I look at you and I go, "Oh, you're gonna be Brooklyn." This. These are all your opinions. You're not stepping off. Isn't that so fucking boring and terrible Sad. for comedy? It's the worst thing. That I look at somebody, I'm like, "Oh, I know how you feel about every single thing." Yeah. Just based on the words coming out of your mouth. Yes, and not even feel. I know what you... You've never felt anything. Right. These I know what the, you've been programmed to say. Yes. I know what you've uh, been programmed to say. That's sad. Yeah. It's, it makes me furious. Cause like, and also, like race is one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. I don't talk a lot about it because I'm horrified. <laughs> uh, but it's one of my favorite things, I think, just because of the way I grew up. No, it's inherently interesting. Inherently. Yeah. And in my opinion, because it's so stupid. Yes. It's so stupid if yeah. you judged cars by the color. Yeah, you you're not getting the same car. You get a, a red Ferrari and a red Honda Civic are different. Right. I always go to the same thing, which is I my coffee might be kicking. You just cut me off. Don't worry. I really don't care about okay. that. Doesn't offend me. You just say I gotta go now. Right, uh, right. But if you like the thi- like when I I'm a big fan of like you and me are comedians, then I'm Italian or whatever. Not even it's like comedians, people, yes. this and yes. then whatever. Yes. This uh, the whole idea of like race to me is like yes, sure. There's a lot of shared experiences with races. Mm-hmm. But that's not all of you. That doesn't have to be all of what you are. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But as comedians, I always believed that we have to be above those things mm-hmm. to be watchers and to be yeah. to take and, and to talk about these things. Right. If here's, that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And here's what's tricky about being a comedian. Because you you you're uh working in the business of funny, and sometimes the stuff that's funny overtakes your own personal view and some people just go for the stuff that's popularly funny as right. opposed to their own perspective which might take a little bit more work to make funny right. for instance like stereotypes are funny sure you know right now if you go on stage and talk about how shitty white people are that's that'll get a laugh sure just because it's part of what we all doing right 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 but if you're somebody who have you has you have a very specific point of view, and that might take an extra piece of work to get an audience on board with it, mm-hmm. most people don't go that route because ah, uh, white devils. That's right. easier, right? Even if you don't feel that way, and that's the thing that sucks because as a comedian, mainly your job is to sell you mm-hmm. to an audience. So if you're right. selling something that you don't feel. Oh, what the fuck are you selling? You're hitting something big right now. I want to come back to the race thing. Uh-huh. But there is a... I don't want to talk about this, but there's a comedian who did a thing. Yeah. I'll just say, did yeah. a thing, uh-huh. right? And also is kind of an asshole. Yeah. Kind of an asshole. There's a lot of assholes in our business. So many of these comedians, right? And the business rewards assholes, so I think people have no incentives to not be assholes. Pause real quick to that before... The business rewards assholes more. It yeah. does reward yeah. people like I have a career. 
Right. I enjoy right, my career. Right. You know what I mean? I'm not the most mm-hmm. famous guy. I'm very happy and I'm doing well and I have a fan mm-hmm. base. There's so many of those comedians who are really good people. Ray Romano seems like a great guy. Oh, Colin yes. Quinn, great guy. Yes. But, yes. you know, like, we just forget. They're not the squeaky wheel, so we forget they exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a lot of, like, Greg, you know, Greg Rogel, sweet guy. Lenny Marcus, great guy. All the mm-hmm. great guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but to go back to, and I fucking completely lost my point. What was it? What were you just saying? You were saying. What you were saying. What were you saying? I was saying that. Stereotype race. Sorry. What are you selling if you're not selling yourself? Yes. Your actual real feelings and perspective. So the asshole, right? Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a great comedian, mm-hmm. right? But then when he was an asshole, I went, no, you're a bad comedian. Because you were selling me on this vulnerability, these in, this int- you know, intricate shit about how you work. And then I find out you're just a fraud. And I go, uh, oh, what you were selling was bullshit. Yeah. So all of it doesn't work anymore. Right. Sure, some of it's funny, but what you were selling me was you. And now I realize that's not you. I can't watch any of this anymore. Right. You're selling a lie, a false identity. You're selling a fucking lie. Yeah. Man, we're four minutes in, and this is the best podcast <laughs> I've ever had. <laughs> You're no, probably lying, but I'll take it. I'll no, take it. no, I love when I, I, I knew I was like, I know we're gonna click. I was excited. Yeah, uh, and I also, we, you know, we had another guest I wanted to have you on with, but then part of me went, I want to have you alone first, and then we can do a, a joint. Then we could double team this piece of shit. Yeah, I talked to him for a little bit downstairs. He's a good dude. Yeah, Fun, seems cool. Right um, dude. Yeah, we'll have him when he, you know, I have to text him again. But yeah. to get back to the stereotype thing, mm-hmm. right? I don't mind stereotypes and racism or whatever you want to do but i do mind hat it's bullshit yeah you know yeah as a comedian when i grew up everyone was like don't do the black people do this joke don't do the chinese people do this joke right i go why Mm. because it's been done right i don't give a shit it's been done so then when i see every comedian being like white people do this i go i don't want to defend white people because i don't want to defend white people i want to defend the go deeper the integrity of comedy yeah yes it's a different thing to be more interesting Right. One of the things that I learned early on. But I could be wrong with that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I think you're right. I learned that early on. And I guess that's a that's a matter of personal values. Not everybody needs to have that. Mm-hmm. But I learned that one of the worst things you can be, I think not even one. I will go on record and say the worst things you can be as a comedian, it's, it's not even not funny. Mm-hmm. It's uninteresting. Sure. Because if you're not funny, that's fine. Right. But if you're a comedian who was funny and then the crowd leaves that show, they can't even remember a thing you said. So you're saying interesting but not funny is still fine. That's fine, but you want to be interesting and funny. Of course. (laughs) Ideally. Sure, sure. But I will take interesting and not that funny over very funny but very pedestrian. Oh, man. You know what I mean? Name names. Because I'm trying to think of like hack but kills. Hacks. Oh, of course. I'll, I want, I, I will take. Interesting, but not that funny yet. But you interesting. Like, oh, but is Jim Gaffigan interesting? Because I would I would say he's original, but he's not talking about things. He's interesting. I, I don't find what he's talking he's not, about he's interesting. He's not edgy, but he's interesting. I think there's a slight difference there. I'm not interested in anything he talks about. Okay. But he does make me laugh. Right. I know exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm trying to refine it. Not refine I don't want to change what you're saying, but yeah. like I know what you're saying. Killing with no substance. Yeah. Not substance. Not even substance. Substance no, isn't right. No challenge if you're not bringing anything new to the table. Right. So let me tell you this real quick. I'm, uh, to, when I started doing comedy, I started with doing stories. I was like a storytelling guy because I was like, man, if the bits don't get laughs, 
at least someone gets a story. Yeah. You know, it's like at least you get a thing that you, you were interested in. Share it with your friends. Like, well, right. you told this crazy story about Jerry Seinfeld or whatever. Yeah, at least yeah. someone goes, ah, you know, at least I got something. Like one-liner comedians that aren't funny. What the fuck am I watching? You know, it's just yeah. a person saying words. Yeah, that mean nothing. Yeah, it's like why? It's like yeah. It's mm-hmm. like so I get, but I also Louis Katz is big on not judging the jokes. Yeah. Right? Like, he's like... Love Louis Katz. Yeah. yeah, like, and he said that to me, and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to get into judging jokes, but I don't... I'm not a big fan of cool comedy, you know, when people are, like, trying to be cool. Like, too cool to be doing comedy. They pretend that, oh, I'm, I don't care. I'm not even going to try. There's I'm just w- going to act like this, this line just fell out of my head. Right. Like, come on, man. Oh, I'm oh, telling you how to live. I'm not being... There's one cool comedian, and I'll tell you who he is in a second. There's one comedian who I go, that's a cool guy. Everyone else is like, he's naturally cool. Yes. Cool. I think, I think we know we both have the same guy in mind. I doubt you have the same guy. Eddie Murphy. No. Eddie Murphy, Murphy is the only, I feel like, cool comedian. I think he's, I never really thought he's cool, but I guess Eddie he's Murphy cool. Eddie Murphy is cool as fuck. Eddie Murphy yeah, is the okay. kind of guy where we're like, oh, this guy doesn't even need to do comedy. He's just a funny guy. And like, uh, you know, like if Eddie Murphy started doing self-deprecating, you might be like, this is not real. You might be right about that. I'll have to re. I'll have to re. I don't know Eddie Murphy personally. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know him personally either, but that's the vibe that I get from him. Yeah, but he could be selling us a vibe that's not real. So let me tell you why I think maybe the, the cool thing I don't like. Okay. Cool is you're adding a leather jacket, essentially the proverbial leather jacket. You making up a cool persona. You're adding a layer. Mm-hmm. To protect yourself almost. Being cool right. is your, I'm smoking a cigarette. I'm doing things. It's a defense mechanism. Right. But to me, the best comedy is vulnerable. And that's the coolest. Yeah. Because you're saying, take my weaknesses. You right. still can't destroy them. You right. can't hurt me if I put everything out there. Mm-hmm. And that's why that old comedian I was talking about before, who I saw, is like, oh, you weren't really putting your vulnerabilities out there. Right. You were putting out almost fake vulnerabilities or things you felt safe about. I want a comedian who's saying, this is the stuff that could destroy me. Yeah. Here it is. You still can't destroy me. Right. But a cool comedian puts on a leather jacket, and they, you're and not... Pretend he's invulnerable. And, and he's like, the most no vulnerable. One is invulnerable. What are you doing? Yeah. He's, the, he's, he's hiding it more than anyone. Right. To me, it's, it's vulnerability is the best comedy because it's showing it you're fucking stronger than anyone because you can't be broken. Yeah, with your secrets. It's it's beyond comedy. It's not. It's beyond comedy. It's just the best art, anyway. Vulnerability. If you're right. watching something and it doesn't make you feel anything, because the quickest way to connect with people is vulnerability, because everyone is vulnerable. Right. Everyone has a thing that has happened to them or that they've done where they thought, "Fuck, I don't think other people have gone through this." And then somebody has a microphone and said the exact same thing. Wow, man. Oh, fuck. I'm not alone out there. You are hitting... And they wouldn't know it unless... We're the same person, dude. (laughs) I watched George... This is the Italian version of me. (laughs) (laughs) I watched George Carlin, and he was like, he he was doing atheist shit, and I went, I thought I was crazy. Now I don't feel crazy. George is my guy. Yeah. Easily... Not... My most, mm, he, he probably is that for me. Because the story of kind of how I got into comedy, like it's long, but I'll give you a quick version. I came here from Haiti. I was in college in, in Long Island, Adelphi University. And uh, 
that's I was trying to improve my English. We don't speak English in Haiti. Mm-hmm. I was just watching a lot of TV and, and reading books, just immersing myself in American culture. And I started watching a lot of stand-up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, How old are you? College? Uh, like 22, 23, okay. yeah. And uh, I, George, not George yet, Cat Williams was mm-hmm. huge at the time. And I would watch him and be like, this is fucking amazing, but I don't think I could do that. And then one night I was trying to hook up with this girl and she came to my room and I played some Cat Williams for her, trying to impress or whatever. Nice. And then she was like, oh, that's really good. Actually, we'll show you something else. And then she showed me George Carlin doing the Ten Commandment bit. Right. And then I remembered my mind was blown and I was like, this is done differently, but this is more my speed. Yeah. I think I could, that part I could try to do. I could never do Cat Williams because it just seems it wasn't me. Right. But I could do this old Irish Catholic man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've gotten that with, but that's the thing. Sometimes I love watching comedy that I can't do. Yeah. And I go, oh man, I, I don't do that. I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. it because it's like that exists. Yeah, you have gonna... so much respect for it. Now I'm a yeah. fan. I'm like, I could just be a fan. Yes. With people who are doing yeah. stuff that I like that are similar, I go, ah, like he's doing what I do. I'm like, it's, it's a more of a thing. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, just watching some goofball shit, I'm like, man, I love that. Like, I love that. And I also like, so I came up with more alt comedy. And in my mind, I've always been George Carlin, but I also love being a goofball. Yeah. So to, and like being a, fun, I'm a fun guy on stage, you know? Right. But, I yeah, still, you have a band. You sing songs, and you have who gives a shit? gold chain. <laughs> yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah. So it's like, but if you can inject a little bit, like I'll take a taste of George Carlin mm-hmm. and put it in this fucking, you know, Rory Scovel was one of my favorite guys to watch. You yeah, know, like real yeah. all and weird. And like, I like, you know, I don't know what I am on stage, but it's like, I want to be a little bit of each, and that's what makes you more your own self. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's it's uh, it's like, well, you know, it's well, I can never be Mitch Hedberg. No. It would no. never work. No. And and there's no point in trying. The the, the hardest thing, and what's, who's got the cool quote about this? Miles Davis has a quote that says, uh, sometimes it takes you a really long time to sound like yourself. Right. And the hardest, the, the worst thing you could do is try to sound like somebody. Mm-hmm. Just take your time. Trial and error, you'll eventually find what you are supposed to sound like. But don't just put your eggs and be like, oh, I'm going to sound like this. I think to, to a certain extent, when we all start, you're trying to sound like your heroes. The people you revere, you're like, oh, that's who I should be. Mm-hmm. I, I think early on, but uh, I I like Louis a lot. Mm-hmm. Are we allowed to say this on this podcast? Yeah, he's a yeah. yeah, I love Louis. We have three listeners. <laughs> Only if you listen to this. <laughs> then it's just me and Max. <laughs> so go ahead. Well, I'm glad I'm doing this. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love Louis, and I was worried that I would sound like Louis, but I don't think I do just because I'm so different from him. Right. You have the so accent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it like, also helps. But I do like the way he does comedy. Yeah. Me too. He was a guy who I watched, and I would go like, oh, and Anthony used to say this to me, because sometimes I get people who go Louis vibes on me, which I don't see it, and I get really scared about like, oh, my God, do I sound like Louis? Yeah. People said, But Anthony always said to me, DeVito, he was always like, Louis C.K. was a comedian that he, I always thought he just sounded like you. Like, I think we're just two guys who actually sounded similar. Mm, I okay. don't, I don't, I'm not even kidding. I don't see it because I would try to get away from it. Right. But um, I've had a few people say that, but Anthony's like, but I also, I also think why I levitated to his comedy. I'm like, he was one of my favorite comedians of all time. Oh, yeah. I'm like, this guy's the, you know, the best. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, so I try to get away. Um, I want to get back to their point. I want to, mm-hmm. 
ADHD makes me go, I'm not that's, interested in the thing I'm saying. It's a podcast. We'll just talk about whatever. <laughs> no, so but. If you bored in the middle of it, just get out of the car <laughs> on the highway. <laughs> what I thought in comedy for me was when I first started doing comedy, mm-hmm. I was the most myself. I came on stage screaming at everyone. One of my first bits was about God and we whatever. Did these, you know, why, just way too wild. Of course, needed to be figured out. Came to New York became i was ben bailey for a while i tried to do one-liners they didn't like me doing it and i literally had to do all this shit and then i eventually come back and i go oh it wasn't comedy for me isn't finding yourself it's getting rid of all of the fear and filters to allow yourself be yourself to yeah. trust that you what you are on the inside were you were you trying funniest. to do these other things because you you were trying different things that you think would make you successful? You were like, oh, if I do this, maybe that's what they like. If I do that, they like that more. Yeah, that it was never about. Was... Yeah, I don't know if it was about success, but it was about like trying to get laughs. And I don't know that like I was doing it on purpose. I think you just watch people and you go like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe I'm more this guy. Maybe I'm more this guy. And yeah. I'm too scared to say no. You are you. Yeah, I think it's natural when you start because you're not super confident yet into whatever it is you have to say. Right, but I wasn't I remember, confident as a person yet. Yeah, yeah. When I was doing open mics, if you go to an open mic and the first open micer that kills, you're like, oh, shit, I should try to be like this guy because he killed. And it's hard to kill at an open mic. So if somebody kills, you're like, oh, what did he talk about? Should I try to talk about that? Right. And you're like, no, that's that's stupid. I I used to try to be like, well, Bill Burr wouldn't say this, so I shouldn't. Then you went, no, but Bill Burr exists. Yeah. You make the choices he does. You're just going to be him, and he's already in that chair. A better version of himself. You're just going right. to be a terrible copycat. Yeah. You have to find your own empty chair. <laughs> yeah. And that's only completely when you've completely let go of everything and let your true inner weirdness mm. yeah. come out. I mean, I mean, I have to sound weird, but like that's also kind of what we do at Night Cream. Like, it's so my inner weirdness coming out, and I don't give a fuck because it's not yeah. a thing, but I... I Want to do more of that on stage? I don't know if I'm, you know, it's so killer. Easy, I don't know if I'm good. It's like I get laughs or whatever, but it's like you don't no, you're know, good. you know, I, you're good. No, I'm just moving on. Uh, Anthony Moore is the only comedian I think is cool. <laughs> That's the way. Oh, you were gonna say him? Uh, <laughs> I know, okay. crazy. I don't even cool. It's like he's like a he's a sweet guy. I love him, but yeah. he, just the way he talks, I'm like that guy just naturally is cool. Like it's like a cool yeah. way to talk. I actually think you're cool because look at that scarf you have on and your your dressed. <laughs> Thank you. No, but you're not trying to be. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You're just it's, being you. You don't want to be inauthentic. How do you know if you're being inauthentic? It'll feel gross. Oh, right. It's like something isn't aligned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's kind of like, I mean, I don't know what that's like, but I can feel it sometimes with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, selling out is one of, it's it's too big of a term, but... If you're doing something all the time mm-hmm. and it, you wake up and you look at yourself in the mirror, you're like, ah, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a buddy of mine. He's a, he's a Haitian dude in Florida. There's not a huge stand-up scene in Florida, but there's a big scene for comedians. Where? In, in Florida. In Florida. Like South, where? South Florida. Like Miami-ish? Broward County, Miami, that okay. kind of stuff. And the Haitian scene is sort of dominated by uh, dudes who do sketch, mm-hmm. and they do impressions of their moms and that kind of stuff. And this dude is a great dude, but he became pretty famous in the community by doing this character that's his mom. He dresses up as his mom, and he does all that stuff. I'd love to see it. Yeah, and then 
he enjoys doing it, but it became something that's too big for him. Right. And he doesn't enjoy it anymore, but he has to keep doing it for the fame and the money he makes off of it. Mm -hmm. But he, he told me that he kind of really wants to do stand-up. That's what he always wanted to do. And now he's kind of stuck with this yeah, there are, I, character. I'm not there. But there are ways out. Like I thought, like Giannis, that kind of happened to Giannis a lot. He started doing uh, pizza, right, right. And then he had like, and like he does it, but he does his own stand up. And then I think it's like you kind of do that. You get him listen to your podcast, then hopefully your podcast gets big enough that you're f cool with going on stage yeah. and not having to do it because you don't want those handcuffs, man. You don't right. want to be stuck in. You don't want. I don't want to be stuck in night cream. You know, it's just like a dumbass right. thing I do for fun. Right. You know, right. how the fuck am I get out of like this shit? It's cheap. And that's sort of the, the hard things about this business is uh, people want to find a little box that's neatly presented to mm -hmm. sell. And it's right. very hard to sell somebody who's not in a box. Because those people aren't artists. No. Those they just people, know how to sell. Right. They go, like, they follow trends. Yeah. And they go, oh, well, that worked for that. I'll just do that again. Mm -hmm. But to have an original eye is hard. And also, it's hard to go, here's how I can sell this original eye. Like, you know, these are businessmen. They're not artists. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so it's, it's, and so that what we're doing now, and I think what's happening in comedy is we have to become our own businessmen. And so we're figuring out how to sell right. our own selves. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why a lot of, not like, whatever, but it's like, everyone wants a black guy now. Just grab that. And it's like, <laughs> grab every, it's like, <laughs> yeah. That's offensive to me. I, if someone grabbed me because I was Italian and that was it, yeah. I'd be like, but there's a positive. Sorry to just ADHD this real quick. No, but wouldn't it, disturb you a little bit not disturb that's too big of a word but it would weigh on you psychologically if you know that you're in a thing because simply of your race like you know like oh i didn't earn this does that would that feel some way i don't know so i can give you never been in that position that position for me mm -hmm. when i worked on i did a, i worked on a writing show, i worked on the break with michelle wolf it was yeah. like a show i got that job michelle was my friend right i don't she told me the first day, she went, I did not hire you because you're my friend. I don't give a fuck. I hired you because, you know, you're your, your packet was good or whatever. Yeah. I never believed that. So I always believed the only reason I was there was because I was her friend. So then I sat there and I went, I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to leave until everyone else. I'm not. I'm going to be the last guy to leave. I mean, I think I'm the same way. And I'm going to be the first guy to get there. So I'll just outwork this because worst case scenario she hired me for this only reason. Well, I'll get better than that. I'll, I'll learn everything I can. And I think that's how you handle that. And I've seen a ton of comedians who are getting those kind of opportunities and they maximize them. They go, well, I'll work this shit. Right. And that's the right way to, and it's like, but hold on. good for you. Why did you not believe her? Because I have low self-esteem, crippling low self-esteem for everything. I never believe, I mean like, and this comes back to my own psyche. I always had a fear of being, a narcissist or a fear of having too big of an ego because that guy lives in my head. Right. I'm the greatest man who ever lived. Yeah. So in order to fund that, to fight that, I thought I had to take myself down at every step. But because I did that so much, mm -hmm. that wired my brain to do that. Yeah. And now that I know it's evil, I still have a hard time rewiring the bad wiring I put in my head. Because wow. I'm so afraid of being... Because I believe in comedy... I love comedy, people who put comedy first, right? But I don't put comedy first. I put, I'm going to be a good person, then I'm going to be a great comedian, and then all the other things, mm -hmm. right? Whatever, right? Yeah. 
but because I want to be a great person first, I was afraid of having, of getting that ego. Look at all the people in this business, in the world. You get power, they become corrupt, they become shitty. I wanted that not to happen. Mm -hmm. So every time I got anything, it was always like, ah, fluke, you suck, you know you suck, you're the worst. So I still can't. I still can't, but now I'm happy, but there's still that part of me that goes, but I also don't have the pay- I don't have I don't have the paperwork to prove that I'm good, right? Like I can I work the seller and I get laughs, but I, I never really had the success. I'm twenty years in. Yeah. I've never had the half hours or the whatevers. Right. I had some things and then the right. Michelle the thing. Validations of the business, yeah. Right. So I still just think that I'm just some medium comedian. Yeah. I call myself the medium you're a medium comedian. You know what I mean? But now because of podcasting, I'm sorry to rant on, uh-huh. I do have my fan base. Yeah. And I love those guys. So mm-hmm. even if I am medium. Right. I love those people. And I mm-hmm. bet there's more people in the world who I can just, I just got to get more of those people who like yeah. the medium comedian. Have you had moments, what, what are some of the moments where you've allowed yourself to feel confident in your skills? Like, have you ever gotten off stage and be like, oh, that was a good set? Oh, when I get off, I know when it's good. Okay. Right? And I know what I can well, it's do. It's not all low self-esteem. It's just you you can't you haven't been able to find the balance. Yeah. And I'm better now. Okay. Like the baby helped also like just being a guy at the cellar who I can follow anyone. Like yeah. so yeah. it's my problem is I know I can follow anyone. I always know I've been good at com- comedy. Yeah. But now I've gotten to this next level. I go, yeah, but hacks are good. Or maybe you're just doing the tricks, maybe you're just doing the dance, or maybe you are good, but still it's what you were saying before. It's not interesting enough for people to remember. Like maybe I'm mm. crushing, and people get off, and they still go, "I don't know," you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe I, they're not I would have connecting. That about you? I don't think so. You know, I, I think you're interesting. I appreciate it, but we're the same person. So if I'm not interesting, you're not interesting. <laughs> you I mean, we're doing the same so bullshit. <laughs> I have to say that because otherwise we're fucked. We're both dead. Yeah, we're both dead in the goddamn water. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's weird. It's weird shit. I mean, and also like, you know, you see some of these famous people. You know, we, you know, I've, you know, there's some comedians I just really don't like. I try to like everyone. But mm-hmm. I see comedians and I go, "Oh man, like they don't like that person. They just know that person's famous and they all are trying to ride that yeah. wave and be with that person." Yeah. But no one really like I was like, "Could you imagine you're sur- you're a bad person and you don't know you're a bad person because everyone is telling you you're great?" Yeah. That's a nightmare. Yeah. How do you keep yourself in check? Yeah, that that probably fucks with you where you can't you just can't trust yourself even. Mhm. Because deep down you know, you know, mm-hmm. you know the truth about yourself, but yeah. then you're getting this outside feedback. I don't know if you're self-aware enough to know that the feedback is tainted by by fame, by this illusion around you right some people probably are and some people aren't but it's it's probably a very nightmarish place to be where you never know where the interaction you're having with someone is coming from is this genuine or is this i guess that's one of the prices and burdens of fame so i have a reaction to that that i kind of think i'll do right i i've because i get it a little bit now like it's weird to say that because like there's always people below you but like even in even as a sophomore, there's still some freshmen. So you know we get freshmen coming up to us a lot who like maybe they want to be on my podcast or they maybe they want to get past the cellar or something like that mm-hmm. you know. And you can tell the grease balls. Like I had a guy who came up to me and he was like, "Hey man, I just wanted to ask you some comedy questions." And I was like, 
oh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to mm. tell you. And then as I was telling him, he kept like cutting me off and looking in the distance. And I went, oh, you know me so well that you know this is the way to get to me. Like coming to me and being like, oh, I would love for you just to tell me this. But this isn't about that. You're trying to get. I knew he was greasy about it, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can tell. Yeah. But how I know what I'll do is if there are people that I don't know if I trust them, building those people, if they seem 90% good, into real friends. Like maybe someone comes up to me and they go, hey, I just want to do your podcast. But then you can turn them into real friends. Right. You know, you could turn them into real people because yeah. not everyone is completely evil and bad. Right. You know what I mean? And most of the people in our business are kind of, you know, like there's a lot of people who are like kind of bad or kind of shitty. Yeah. You just take what you yeah. can from them and then you leave, with, you yeah. leave the rest. You know, yeah. yeah, I don't think there's there's good or bad people in that absolute sense. I think it's just there are people who lack courage and values and a moral compass, mm-hmm. and they're only motivated by a goal, which means they'll do anything, right? Because they don't have courage or values, they'll do anything to get to that goal, and they become bad people, right? And then you have you know the other good people that they like sometimes integrity can be. A, <laughs> a barrier to some sort of success because sometimes if you were able to turn that off and then you do the shit you got to do, right. you probably could get further. Integrity will make me not put crowd work videos up or any of that <laughs> shit. I had so much integrity. It's, it's held me back. Yeah. I was so like, I'm not going to ask anyone for anything. Now yeah. I'm like, no, I ask everyone. Oh, no, you got to ask. You got That's something I had to get over to. Be like, no, you got to ask. It's a business where you ask for stuff. Yeah. yeah. you got. I mean, like we are our own business, you know. To get back to what you are saying about like the good people and – you know, I integrity. It's like, but I was thinking about Putin the other day. It's like, oh, this is just a bad person. Like, it's someone whose dad wasn't nice to them, mm-hmm. and they somehow worked themselves. Like, you'd think to be to run a country, you'd have to be really good. It's like, dude, you could be so damaged, yeah, that you get fucking, you become wildly powerful. Yes, and most of the time, that's the case. Most of the comedians we know who are wildly famous is because they're so fucked up. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like yeah. wild to see it. And and I see people who go, "Oh, that guy's a great comedian." I go, "Oh, you don't even know what that person really is. Yeah. You're only seeing the act. That person is fucked up." Yes. And you know, and it's it's like, whoa. I I was thinking about that the other day, and I was trying to see if like. I feel like the word successful in our business is that's the word we use when somebody yeah, is you got a great point. We're doing financially well, they got right. fame. And I'm like, I, I don't know if that word is complete enough to say what we're trying to say, because just because somebody is making money and they're, they're famous, I don't know if you can say they're successful. No. People don't know what successful is in this business. Right. Success- Let's try to redefine what that should be. I successful. can tell you. Yeah. Happy. Right. If you're happy, genuinely happy. Yeah. And you're and and for me it's putting out art, saying things I want to say. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm already successful. I'm wildly successful. Right. In my mind. Yeah. I just need money. Yeah. I just need money. Mm-hmm. There are TikTok. People who are on TikTok are making millions of dollars. So they're better comedians or they're be- they're more successful to me. It's like, yeah. no. Yeah. They're not. How many people at the top you see and you go, oh, you're still fucked up? Yeah. And I feel bad because I'm really happy. But by the narrow definition of successful, they are successful. Right. Yeah. Which that's is... American capitalist successful. Yes. And that's a sad thing that we celebrate. Yeah. 
You know, yeah. like I look at Lenny Marcus. Guess he's got a really sweet guy. He's not anyone who you'd be like. That's the most famous comedian in the world. Yeah. He's a really nice right. guy. He's got a wife and kids that he loves and has a happy home. And happiness gets in the way of being that kind of successful. Yeah, it does. You know what I mean? It does those people are f- trying to fill a hole that is un? I have a comedian friend who this happened to. Mm-hmm. I watch them, and uh, I always call it Forrest Gump. Right? What I, what I mean, when Forrest Gump was in Vietnam, he just started running. And then he got himself out of Vietnam. You know, he's out of the forest, turns around and realized none of his friends were with him. So he had to go back into the forest. Ah, that's a great analogy. Yeah. And that I had a friend who all they did was run, run, run. Yeah. Got out of the forest and realized, oh, I'm not happy. Yeah. So then what they did was went back in the forest and started helping their Find friends. Their friends. Yeah. And now that person is dating someone. They're in love. I think I know who you're talking about. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. You finally figure that part out. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's like, that's okay. What now, the million dollar question is this Is it better to have run out of the forest and gone back to get your friends than to have never got out of the forest? To just stay in the same position as your friend? Well, see, that's the thing is like, what does getting out of the forest mean? Getting out of the forest means being comedy, mean you made a lot of money. Meaning, yeah, you, you have get the numbers. The American definition of successful. No, I mean, the, the only reason. Is re- that something we, we want to taste? No, I mean, just to see what it's like. Of course, I have goals. Of course, I want to do those mm-hmm. things. But I already won. I'm yeah. happy. If you're in the forest, if, if you start comedy, ha- you know, like, if you're happy, genuinely getting fulfilling, you're having a fulfilling life, mm-hmm. you're out of the forest. You're just not in you're a different forest. You know what I right. mean? Like, Different goalposts. It's a thing. We just yeah. don't have the right, you know, we don't have the definition. And, like, I'm, if I died tomorrow and someone said, was I, look at the thing, and this is the thing I wanted to say because it's, okay. I hate, hate the shit talks on these comedians, but, like, there's a comedian that I really don't like and they believe they're the hottest shit right now, right? I'm the hottest shit. Yeah. And you go, I like, I can't think of a good, like, think about White Snake. White Snake was this 80s hair band. That okay. was that's a very white band. I've never heard of it, but that's the point. It. It's the point you didn't even heard of it. Oh, that's the point. Okay. The point is they were hot in the eighties. Probably could go in any fucking hotel, do anything. You know what I mean? Whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "The world is mine." Well, guess what, man? I'm talking to a guy right now who has no fucking idea who White Snake is. Yeah. And so when I talk to that comedian, I go, "You're White Snake. You think you're George Washington or Dave Chappelle? You're fucking White Snake. You mm-hmm. and even Dave Chappelle." After a certain amount of time, it all washes away. Yeah. So what the fuck are you trying to do? That's not legacy. Doesn't fucking matter. Like it's that's not fucking. That's not the thing you got to go for. Yeah. What you got to go for is, and for me, it's genuine happiness. And I get genuine happiness. I do get it from like, I do really get it from my family. I get it from like inter- great interactions with people. Helping people really makes me feel good. You know, sometimes it's too much because people are like, yeah, I don't need advice, and I'm like, no, no, no. But I just want to make you know, I just want everyone to be happy. You know. Yeah, there's a there's a. Uh... Happiness person at Yale. I think she, I forget her name, but she does stuff about happiness and she has a podcast about it where she, like, proven scientifically, really, helping other people mm-hmm. literally makes you a happier person. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, it's, it sounds like kooky new age bullshit, but it's scientific. They've done research, peer reviewed research backed up by this. And it's like, yes, those things are better for you as a person. They make your life easier to make other people feel good. I, I have a few. Dude, I feel like I'm talking too much, but you just get me going. Oh, it's a podcast. That's, that's what yeah. it is. It's just talking. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, so when I had the baby, mm-hmm. um, 
I've never, I get this drugs, this happiness that is, I know it's, it's just dopamine getting yeah. dropped from this baby yeah. because that's what keeps human beings going, right? Yeah. yeah. I think happiness is, being good also is because the good of the community, A, it helps the community grow. So I think naturally people who do this and help other build up the community, which is civilization, mm-hmm. is going to give you the right drugs, right? Also, man, like I've had times where I snap on someone and like having grudges is always a little bit of like tolder, shoulder tightness. Oh, it's awful for both people. Right. Every time you walk in a room, then your energy has to, you have to put so much energy into holding onto the grudge and ignoring that person. Right. And you know, I have this one person I can't stand and I, yeah. I just can't stand them. But like, I got to the point where I'm like, I'm just not. And I, I actually, they were sitting at a table the other day and I was like, oh, we were having a nice conversation. And then they actually threw a little bit of a jab my way. Um, and then I got home and I went, you should have just fired back. Like, I didn't, it took me like a few days to realize it was some undercutting shit. Uh, you know, it's like yeah. that. It's like, you're not doing it to my face. It's Very like subtle, subtle bullshit. And uh, I go, eh, well, okay, next time I know. And next time if they do it, I'm not going to be mean. Did you guys interact at all doing the whole thing or was just group stuff? And then we were talking, we were, just, okay. we were talking it was a group. It was like, we were talking, having a good time. And like, I'll just tell you the interaction. It was so uh-huh. silly, right? Uh-huh. I ordered nachos like late night. Yeah. And then uh, they were like, damn, how are you going to order nachos this late? That's not good. It's like, it's just, it's not going to make you feel well. And I was like, yeah, I know it. This is a shitty decision. Uh-huh. And I was like, we were fine. And then just, they just kept going in on being like, I mean, this motherfucker ordered nachos and just kept being like, oh, I gave you a little. Mm-hmm. I gave I, I opened up a little vulnerability like oh, we're having a good time and they yeah. kept trying to dig this nachos thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, that person ordered mozzarella sticks. And I'd be like, how the fuck are mozzarella? You think <laughs> I should be like, "Ah, oh, you should have fired back the mozzarella sticks." It's like a dumb <laughs> thing, but I I saw what they were doing. Yeah. It was a very subtle little like Yeah, let me jab you and break 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 you down a little. I'll just step on you a little bit about nachos. And then and, what I want to yeah. I, that's something that I've sort of noticed a little bit uh at the table, like the nature of roasting mm-hmm. comedians, because comedians, we just do this thing all the time. And I'm not very good at it because that's not my inclination Same. first to just make fun of people. Mm-hmm. And I think one does does this aspect of human nature about it where people feel better when there's someone they can look down on. Mm-hmm. It's it's not great, but it's it's a negative part of our psyche. I guess it's making them feel like they're on top of the a little bit higher up in the yes in the in the social hierarchy. Like, oh, there's a person that I, I just shot on that person, and everyone has laughed, and oh, everyone will I look at me as more the alpha, alpha, right? That's right, sure. So it's that aspect of it, and then now the alpha part comes in where you notice who they're trying to please and who that they pick on. Right. Let's say somebody medium famous comes and sit at the table. Then they all try to put their attention towards that person and then finds someone who's an unwitting victim who might be lower on the hierarchy. Right. And then they shit on that person to make this person happy. Right. It's like, look at me. I'm, I can shit on this guy. I'm pretty hey. funny. You laughing. Right. And then you notice a bigger fish comes to the table. And then all of a sudden, oh, fuck that fish that was already there. Now I'm just, it's like, oh, you're just a social climber trying to get people who you think can help you to like you. There's almost no integrity and it all to comes what you're from doing. And yeah. it all comes from you're f- afraid. You're afraid of not being successful, people not 
thinking you're good. It's all yeah. It's but so weird to me. The it's always funny when you see the real billionaires or whatever, and you see they're just wearing you know clothes that suck yeah or whatever. Like yeah. and they go, well, that's, that's what we need to do in this business where it's like, oh, like I don't need to prove anything. Yeah, because truly on the inside, I know I'm a billionaire. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like not. It's not with everyone. I, of course, I fall. Whatever. But I'm getting better at being like, yeah, you can't hurt me because right. I know I'm funny. Right. And I do know I'm funny. Yeah. I know I'm funny. I got a I got a kid at home that I love so much. You know what I mean? Like, I know what I'm working on my own shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's also I don't need to prove to you that I'm funny at this table. Because you mean nothing to me. I go on stage and be funny. That's my job, and that's what I like to do. Why would I prove to you that I'm funny? We all work here, so we both know we're funny. I want to talk about the roast thing for a second. Yeah. Right? Because the roast thing to me is I am great at roasting, but Mm -hmm. only when it's with people whom I love so much, and they know they love me so much that I can say things that are so crazy that I know they're not going to be mad. And there's no venom. There's there's no venom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm sitting down with Anthony and I'm like, this piece of shit's dad's dead. Right. That's the meanest thing. And the reason it's funny is because look what I'm a, look at how much of a friend I am that I can get away with that. Yes. That to me is the best kind of roasting. Right. Roasting someone that you don't know is like, hey, you have to do research what's on them. Wrong and with you just you? talk about the whole family being dead. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, sometimes I watch those roast battle and I'm like, that this feels kind of gross because. There's no established relationship where this makes sense. Right. It's just two people being mean. Yeah, you're just being mean in the form of a joke for an audience to clap for you. Right. Because I think there's a there's a psychological aspect of offensive jokes between people who know each other mm-hmm. that strengthen their bond. Yes. So when it's like, if I don't know you and you're just trying to make fun of me, it's like, well, what are you doing here? I don't fucking know you. So this means nothing to me. Right. Right. So so just having to have this energy all the time at the table, where it's like, dude, I, I don't know what you're trying to prove. I don't need to right. roast you. I don't need to be roasted by you. It all is meaningless to me. We're just chilling. Yeah. And I think sometimes also it stops you from having a real conversation. And that comes back to improv, because improv is all about yes and, whereas comedians just do jokes, and then the jokes stop the conversation. Yeah. If I'm sitting here being like, hey, man, I want to tell you about my mom, and you go, your mom's a whore, and I go, right. you just took right. all the energy out of my mom's yeah. story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let me yeah. finish my fucking story. Yeah. Or it's like, or at least keep it going. Like, I don't you know even I mean? know who you are. I even know a lot of comedians who've known each other for years. They just don't know. They've never had a genuine conversation with another person, because it's all revolving around jokes right and i love jokes that we're in the business of jokes but i don't need to be doing jokes all the time right because i know what jokes are yeah i can't there's nothing i hate worse i love my favorite these are two things there's a bonfire and then there's a cellar table table i love a bonfire situation where you tell a ghost story I tell a ghost story. Yeah. This guy tells a ghost story. Uh-huh. That's the best. Maybe someone asks questions. Maybe he's throwing in some light bits but keeps them going. Yeah. Then there's a cellar table sometimes where it's like everyone's so anxious that I literally I literally was like, I'm trying to remember. And one of my best friends does this to me constantly, and I can't ever like, I'm like, buddy, you got to stop. Like, I'll be like, oh, man, I went to the store the other day, and they're like, oh, I was at the store. This fucking guy, blah, 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 and then this fucking bitch. And I'm like. You know, when, remember when I said I went to the store? Like, I, I was the one who brought on the store thing, and yeah. you never let me. And now yeah. the it's the story's dead. Yeah. I always say, hey, we're on the highway. 
I don't mind taking a rest stop, but you better put me back on the fucking highway. Yeah. I don't get another rest stop. Never sleeping there, and you, you took the fucking wheels off my car. <laughs> the fuck's going on here now? Yeah, yeah. They got to one up you. But is that selfish of me that I feel so needing to make sure I get my story out? It's like I do. I'm trying. No, to I don't know. Enjoy. If it's selfish. You want to be heard. Everybody has that right to want to be heard. But I want to be heard because I want to make you laugh. <laughs> you know, I guess it's yeah. like I guess yeah. it comes back. I guess to in thing. that in that in that sense, it goes back to just comedians wanting to, right? Yeah, do yeah. the thing. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, dude, you should see the things I wrote down for you. Oh, tell me, tell me. Uh, it's 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 wild. <laughs> I literally ten oh forty. We're at forty six minutes. Oh, beautiful. We haven't even gotten to anything on the paperwork. Okay. What it just says is you go. Where are you from? Because I know you're from Haiti. <laughs> I'm be honest. I don't even know where Haiti is. I don't know anything about Haiti. I know Dominican Republic. Is it near there? Yeah, we're on the same island. I mean, listen. Oh, I really? Can't hold it against you. You're a product of the American education system. It's fine. I'm know? a product of being an idiot. I'm not being an idiot. I'm not good at things. Yeah. I'm not good at. I'm not good at like. Geography, I sucked at because I used to do a, try to do a joke about it. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, geography doesn't mean anything to me because it's like I've never been on a plane and been like, hey, was that guy supposed to make it right? It's like you get on a plane, you get there. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I don't know need to know where anything is. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but also it's like, yeah, I mean, America is very self-involved with yes. our own. Haiti is on an island in the Caribbean Sea. We have Cuba to the northwest. And no, Cuba is the. Yeah, have to tell me where Haiti is. I more want to know about how Haiti the was. The island is Haiti and Dominican Republic. We share the island. Yes. Is it an? Uh, this sounds weird. Is it a nice place to live, or you're like you you like you got to get out of there? Uh, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. It depend. Like for most of my life, it was a decent place to live. I, I lived there most of my life. Mm-hmm. It's the last couple of years. It's gotten very depressing. Mm-hmm. Just uh, there's been earthquakes. Just, oh yeah, it's an unlucky place right, right, with right, right. natural disasters, and the political climate. I mean, the president got murdered back in July. What? The Haitian I'm president sorry, got whacked. Oh, I do remember that. Like a character from The Sopranos, he was in his house in his compound, and no one else died. His security guards did not engage in a fight with the murderers. They just it was a well-planned assassination Mm -hmm. just him so it's like okay then what the fuck are we doing in this country what else could happen that could happen to anybody if the president the first citizen of the country can get taken down like this it just created this wave of you know people just wanting to get out it's just it's 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 tough was he a good president did he deserve to go or was it just like the the cartels or some shit well the thing is he Haiti, you know, like a lot of places, it's uh, ran by, you know, the 1%. Sure. And those people, they have very specific interests. And that president was sort of becoming, he was put in place to be a puppet, Mm -hmm. but he was becoming a man of the people a little bit. Mm -hmm. So threatening the interests of the people who put him in power. So I think that's what led to that. And you, uh, would you stay here forever? Uh, well, my family is still in Haiti. I have, you know, a lot deep roots. I there's a lot of things I would like to go do in Haiti, but I also, I'm not trying to be romantic about these things. Mm-hmm. I know how it is. When there's an opportunity and it feels right now, I wouldn't go and do anything in Haiti because I know it's doomed to fail. Like there's a couple weeks ago, this dude who went to my high school was literally a genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I think he turned 40. So he was a couple years ahead of me. And he, he just got murdered. Out, they tried to kidnap him, and he tried to escape, and they just shot him. Jesus. And he has a daughter. It's just just a very sad story to see the country murdering its own brain power. People that could help us become mm-hmm. a better country. So it's just very sad and depressing. And I wish I could sit here. You know, we have history. We're very proud people. We have good stuff in our DNA, in our, like, buildup as a culture and a country. That's great. But... Right now, it's we're, we're in a terrible place, and I and I can't lie about it. Right, right. Yeah. Do you like being in America? Yeah, I do. You know, we all hate it. Everyone here is, acts like this is the worst place on earth. No, no. The, the, the people who do that are people who are programmed to say that. Right. They have no idea what the fuck they're talking about because they don't know or they never bothered to learn how the rest of the world lives. <laughs> right. It's fucking insane to me when... That's why, like, a lot of the... The young woke people mm-hmm. talking about we need to dismantle this. We need yeah. to. It's like you you don't know what you're saying. Yeah, you've defund been led astray. It's crazy. Defund the police was. I mean, I grew up a block in Newark and East Orange. You can't. Oh my god! Defund the police needed. Sure, police reform. Great, great. Yeah. Get rid of the police, it, and we'll all just be on the honor system. Yeah. Put a five bucks on, in a jar and says everyone only take a buck. Mm-hmm. You won't get past one person yeah. who doesn't immediately just take the five bucks. I think a lot of people forget about this thing called human nature. Halloween candy, I'm sorry. <laughs> Halloween candy is a great example of that. Right. Where they don't know that people are not robots that, that you can program to do whatever your cool ideology tells you that they should do. Right. That's just not how it works. But they're coming from a place of, I hate to say like privilege, I hate that word just because it always means so much more, but it's like people who were wealthy or they're just like privileged in like sometimes just smarter there are people in america and the world who just are barbarians yeah they're just not smart people yeah and they that's my big thing with religion which we could definitely get into is i always go i hate religion but i go but the question is if you got rid of all of it is that good or bad i mean i do think maybe some people need to believe oh no we can't get rid of it it's impossible I mean, you have to replace it with something. Yes. You know, something that gives people a fear of fucking eternity. The human mind needs to believe in myths. Yeah. We need those. Otherwise, we don't know what to do with ourselves. Hey, guys. uh, If you want to check out the rest of this conversation, I'm here with uh, TJ. What's your social again? At TJ Stand Up. At TJ Stand Up. Follow him on all things. If you want to hear the rest of this, man, it gets really good. We get into abortion. We get into just wild shit. Go to the Greg Stone Zone. That's my Patreon uh, to get the, um, the overtime and uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you uh, you know if you don't have money, I'm sorry. Why did I say this? This is crazy. I love you all. We'll see you all real soon. Thanks. Pick up your head, pick up your body, get on the bus. It's time to party. It's Gregory. It is a Saturday night, Gregory. Take your socks off and.